Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Everybody's clapping in the studio. I love it. It's great. You over there. Oh, nice job. He's Jeff Phelps. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, Columbus yesterday. Very, very interesting. They were not happy with the way the basketball season was going. So head basketball coach Chris Holtman. Um, said, see you later. Good, good seeing you. Take well, care. He, he didn't say it. Well, they said to him, he was told, see, see you later. later. Yeah. yeah. They said to him, did I not present the story the correct way? Not way I heard it, but maybe I, maybe my hearing was, it's okay. We're both getting was old affected together. by the free pop. You just bought me. Oh, what well, a, you're welcome. What a nice guy. You're welcome. I'll tell you what, boy. So after seven seasons, Chris Holtman is out at Ohio State. So I was like, Jeff and I were like, who is the perfect person to talk about this with? And I said, let's find a man that has roamed the the sidelines at Ohio State as a basketball coach, as an interim, also at William & Mary, worked for the Mid-American Conference, worked for the Big Ten. My man knows basketball, and that's why we love having him on the show. He is Rick Boyages, and he is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Rick, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you, gentlemen. Always uh, a pleasure. Good to know that old timers are still at it. There you go. We're all still rolling. Barely. We're barely hanging on. But maybe we'll bring you back for NCAA predictions, too. That'd be good. I'd like that. Yeah. Rick, when you heard yesterday Ohio State was making a move midseason, what did you think? Uh, I wasn't surprised. I mean, it's mm. just this is the the world we live in today. You know, it's uh, it's big business, and, um, you know, it's 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 unfortunate because first and foremost, as a as a person, I mean, I've worked with Chris on the sidelines through the league office. Uh, always a class act, more than reasonable, fair, um, just a quality guy. So nobody in the in the fraternity or in the profession, you know, likes to see it happen. But um, what I always tell people when they ask me about my couple year, a uh, couple uh, tenures at Ohio State, I simply tell them, look you're going to be provided with every possible resource. Um, there's there's not going to be anything that you're, you're going to go to the administration and say you need to be competitive, uh, that you have a competitive disadvantage in some category. I mean, they're going to make it possible for you to do whatever you need to do. And, and the trade-off is, unfortunately, you, you mean, or realistically, you have to win. And then uh, we can get into the, you know, dissect the, the details of how, you know, obviously winning in general, but then, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of like the list of check boxes that you have to be kind of consistently knocking off. 
And I, I think like anything else, it, it's, it was a product of uh, what's become maybe a two-season two trend, you know, in, in, a, in a downward way. So uh, that's kind of my quick take. You know, Rick, it's not as if Chris didn't win games there because he did win games. And, but it, that's not enough, is it, at a place like Ohio State where, as you said, you get every resource? And you you got to win big. Yeah, well, you're, yeah, you, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's winning games, and then there's, you know, trying to get in and define that. You know, are you scheduling tough enough in the non-conference? Are you beating power conference teams outside uh, the Big Ten? You know, are you beating not only Big Ten teams in conference play consistently, are you beating ranked Big Ten teams? Uh, are you winning a regular season or postseason Big Ten championship? Um, if you're fortunate enough to get into the tournament consistently, which is the expectation, you know, can you advance at least to the round of 32 or 16 or further? Um, and there's probably another, Jeff, there's probably another three or four, you know, check boxes. But I think when you look at just just the last couple seasons, and it's not a, it's not connected to an entire tenure um, because uh, Chris has done a good job in the recruiting. They've had NBA players. Uh, unfortunately, some have gone sooner than they had probably planned. Um, but they're sitting at like nine and twenty-six in conference play in the last two seasons, and it, you know people start to really get into the weeds and get into the details, especially your own administration on, well, how are we trending? And I, I think they've come out of the last two non-conference seasons pretty well. Um, you know, they've beaten teams like Cincinnati and Texas Tech and. Uh, Alabama, UCLA, West Virginia. But, you know, as the season goes on, you see, well, are those, you know, top 10 teams ultimately, or are they just having average seasons? Um, and then you get into, you know, I think that the other problem has just been the, the, the streaks of losing. You know, they they come out of league play, I mean, uh, non-conference play last year, and I think they were 2-0 and in conference, and then just – you know, I think they lost 13 or 14 games before kind of rebounding at the Big Ten tournament. Um, and then a little bit of the same MO this year where I think they were won one of their first two conference games. Uh, but, you know, like had those wins I mentioned other than the loss to Texas A&M and then hit the skids for like 9 of 11. Um, so those are the kind of things that when you're being provided the world's best uh, facilities at the collegiate level, uh, an unlimited budget. Andy, you, you'll laugh. When I left the Big Ten, or excuse me, Ohio State, maybe ten years ago, uh-huh. the budget, the annual budget, was in the seventy-five to eighty million dollar range, and now I think it's up over two hundred and thirty million. Oh wow! So, so you could have so, paid, yeah, you Rick. Put, you could have yeah, paid for better media. I would have been happy to tell you <laughs> any story you wanted. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's all part of the business of college sports, and and you know the what have you done for me lately, and. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, Chris will rebound. He's well-respected. He's won in a number of places. And he'll do probably what John Gross has done, which is, you know, bounce back. And yeah. he's having a great season up in Akron. And, you know, he's rumored to maybe get another crack at a power conference job. So this is the world we lived in or, or currently live in. Yeah, Rick, I always thought it was it's fascinating, the parody in basketball in the Big Ten compared to, like, football especially because – I mean, just go back and look at the last couple of years. Who's your regular season? Is it Purdue? Is it Wisconsin? It's Illinois. It's Michigan. You know, it, it, it's Michigan State. You know, and so I just how, when you're that coach 
in the Big Ten or at Ohio State, it's not like the other sports. You know, like there's so much more parity in the Big Ten when it comes to college basketball than there is in football. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's getting even more difficult, Andy, with NIL. Right. Because these teams are changing dramatically from year to year. They're in completely new rosters. And so it's becoming a game of uh, management, you know, and almost drafting and uh, deal cutting through collectives. So uh, I think the product's worse. I think overall nationally the college basketball scene isn't as good as it's been. The quality of play isn't as good or there's not. I mean, I only probably put six or eight maybe that are positioned to, to win the whole thing just on paper today as opposed to maybe, you know, 20 teams in other seasons. But um, – the whole the whole college sports industry is changing, you know, dramatically in in a variety of reasons and areas. Rick, you mentioned the University of Akron. I, I've had the pleasure of watching the Zips play a lot this year. You worked with the Mid American Conference, and I, I as a as a guy who went to a MAC school, I've always followed the MAC. I have always wondered, should a conference like the MAC do a conference tournament when all it does is a, make money, which, of course, is the key, but B, put your regular season champ in a position and maybe not make it to the NCAA tournament because the MAC just doesn't, for whatever reason, get get multiple bids to the NCAA tournament. Should the MAC get multiple bids? And, and should conferences like that on a given year? Because, boy, it's so, it's so difficult for those schools, Rick, to get that bid if they don't win that tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think... It depends on which, you know, lower mid-major tournament you're talking about. Um, some leagues in the past have kind of jerry-rigged their tournament. I remember when, uh, you know, back in the Brad Stevens days, they were trying to protect Butler in the Horizon League, and they give him a pass right into the semifinal, thinking if we ever ran a legitimate uh, bracket and they went out in the quarterfinals in the first game and they were undefeated or you know, 17-1 and one coming out of conference play, you know, uh, they could lose what might be a potential second bid if someone upsets Butler in the semis or finals. And if that was the case, Butler would survive and be respected enough to get in the field. And now that was a way for a mid-major to pull a second bid in. Um, you know, in my years, and you know this, Jeff, in my years in the Mid-American, I mean, if we didn't have Akron or Kent in the finals or semis, I mean, it dramatically impacted what the monetary pull was going to be or the take was going to be up at what was formerly Quicken Loans. Correct. So yeah. I think I think those are discussions that it, uh, conference commissioners and administrators have. Other leagues will let uh, the home seeds uh, host all the way through. Um, you've got conferences like the West Coast Conference that they don't um, – they don't basically share the media rights equally like we do in profit share equally like we do in the Big Ten. Um, Gonzaga negotiates its own deal where because it's brought in so many of those millions of dollars from the tournament, they get a bigger share. And that's what the ACC is looking at for, for survival reasons. Like, can we, can we actually pay out on some of these things based on uh, competitiveness and championships and winning uh, as opposed to keeping, you know, the perennial doormats in any power conference that don't consistently win, you know, why do they get the same share of, of the media rights deal? So there's a lot, 
there's all kinds of things we could talk about, but that again, that speaks to the business of college athletics today. All right, let, let's talk a little bit more about that business. Rick Boyage is joining us, uh, former head basketball coach at William & Mary, was at Ohio State a couple times, uh, associate uh, commissioner at the Mid-American Conference, at the Big Ten Conference, especially with one of your roles at the Big Ten Conference, dealing with officials. And, and you know, we talk about NIL, but I also wonder, like, at these conference, uh, at, at the conference level, with legalized gambling so close now in all these states because it's so easy to do, I'm just I'm curious how the the conferences are looking at it right now and saying you know in Ohio Mid American Conference too that you know now you can bet on all these games at your phone at the game it's just it's it's a lot different than it was you know five years ago uh, from what we were looking at how do you think the conferences are handling this and where do you think we're going with this and how much scrutiny then do you see you know officiating and things like that you know being under because it's so much easier to gamble on this. Well, I, I was fortunate to work a decade with Jim Delaney, who was really a visionary. And yeah. we started an integrity program about a decade ago. We kind of put together our own combination. We had a guy named Jeff Miller, who was the former head of NFL security. And we worked with Don Best's uh, sports book out in Vegas. And so we were, we were getting game reports and lines on every single Big Ten football and basketball game, you know, a decade ago. And watching this whole thing come uh, to fruition with regard to legalized sports gambling state by state. Um, so people have to understand that this is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry, and they're targeting males, typically like 18 to 38. Um, they're basically trying to integrate a business model in the way in which kids growing up today are comfortable with video games. And the biggest change is I can remember Andy sitting out in Vegas with guys from Don Best Sports, and they were talking about in-game betting. And this was eight or ten years ago. And I said, well, what do you mean in-game? And they said, Rick, in the American culture, people bet two ways, the winner or the loser or the over-under. But in Asia, in Europe, for decades, they've been betting all throughout the game. And so this is what's, uh, I think, the big game-changer that now we have the parlays and the prop bets and uh, you know, you're getting prompts on your phone. So it's all connected to the handheld device, and the kids today can bet a dollar, $5, you know, $8, I mean, peanuts. But if you do it consistently through the game, you know, you can get into some real problems. Many of the states have gone to the point where they won't let you bet on college sports in that state. Not all have. But that's where the, the danger is. But, again, it's, it's uh, a multi-multi-billion-dollar industry. And safe, there are safeguards that can be put in. I mean, the technology is really good, and everybody is connecting this to their bank accounts. Um, so they can be shut off or put in limits. Um, but not all companies, you know, want to progressively do that. Um, so it's, it's, it's another changing industry that's intertwined and interlinked with the business of uh, of sports, but in your, in the way you're talking about it, college sports, particularly is, is worrisome. Rick, is NIL going the way that colleges thought it would or that they would like it to? Uh, it just got out of control so fast, but it was so predictable because there were no guardrails around it. So as soon as each start, state started to legislate, it was inevitable that, you know, for instance, SEC states uh, and, you know, uh, states where they had a you know, a Southeast Conference team, but even those legislators want to win. So once it became evident that 
it was going to be handled through uh, basically alumni, donors, and fans outside of the you know direct development office at the athletic department. Uh, some of these accounts just started to go out of control, and it was it was pay for play from the very beginning. Um, there were a lot of committees. There was a lot of discussion about it. But, Jeff, we lost a good 10 to 15 years uh, and lost the public argument for amateurism because we couldn't get the uh, NCA to change the voting structure. Hmm. Uh, ultimately, commissioners like um, uh, Jim Delaney um, and the former uh, SEC commissioner, they, they basically threatened the NCA that if we can't change the voting structure where it's one vote for one school um, – and give the, what they call the Power Five, for well now it's four, but the autonomy conferences control of some of the voting, um, it was all going to collapse, you know, even eight or nine years ago because we could afford cost of attendance. We could afford to give these kids, every athlete in the Big Ten, men and women, regardless of sport, anywhere from four to $6,000 for starters, just for laundry spending money, go to the movies, go out to eat, maybe help their parents get to a few more games or travel home a couple more times. And those things were voted down because the vast majority of Division One couldn't afford benefits like that. So all during those years where coaches were making millions of dollars, jumping from school to school, every, every power conference had the Taj Mahal of facilities, um, no surprise that we lost the public uh, probably you know benefit of, of how much the kids should get beyond uh, tuition, room and books, uh, fees, um, you know, those kind of things. And I can remember Scooney, I can remember Scooney Penn telling, asking me, Coach, they're selling my number four jersey in the bookstore, and it doesn't have my name on it, but every kid in Columbus or Central Ohio knows that's my jersey. Why don't I get any money from that? <laughs> And I'd say that's a pretty good question, Scooney, but uh, <laughs> True well, unfortunately, you know, it's going to take you uh, 15, 20 years to find out. Rick, as always, you know, we love talking to you. Thank you so much for all of your information, and uh, uh, let's catch up soon again, my friend. Great insight, Rick. Thank you. Uh, it was awesome talking to you guys. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Rick Boyages, former Ohio State, uh, interim head coach there for a while, was a head coach at William & Mary, was an assistant at Ohio State when they made a run to a Final Four with Scooney Penn on that, and then went on to go work for conferences like Mid-American Conference and the Big Ten Conference, and he joined us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I want your reaction to some of the things that he said. I'll take yours, too. 216-474-0092. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3, the fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. Man, what an interview. Rick Boyages, former former head coach at William & Mary, was an assistant at Ohio State twice and then was the interim head coach there for a little while, but then he spent a ton of time after that uh, working at the Mid-American Conference, working at uh, the Big Ten Conference, and just a fascinating conversation, just not only about what's going on with Ohio State, which I was confused. I I, I just – I wasn't confused. I was just – I was – yeah, maybe I was confused. I didn't think that Ohio State would. I'm confused now. I know. I didn't think Ohio State would fire Chris Holtman in the middle of the season. I just didn't see it. Yeah, that was you know? the, that was the. Yeah, I, I like you could me. you could smell it coming at the end of the year. Like I got that. I just didn't think it would happen in the middle of the season, especially you know before you get to the Big Ten tournament, you get you know and the tournament, and you know to get to the tournament, they're going to have to get through that Big Ten tournament. So I, I think all of those things are, are kind of laying out there. So. The more you think about it, maybe that is why, but um, just a little bit shocking for Ohio State to make a move like that uh, mid-season or towards the tail end of the season. And, and sometimes, Andy, maybe they maybe they thought they were going to make a move at the end of the season and they want to give Jake Diebler a, a chance to coach it up and see what he can do. I, I, remember, I remember watching, I called one of his state championship games when he was at Upper Sandusky with his brother John and his dad was the head coach. But John could fill it up. Oh, that Diebler family was pretty. Uh, They're pretty good. Pretty influential. In and the state Jake of... was scrappy, man. Yeah. He was tough. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that he talked about, and you know, NIL, and then gambling, and uh, like uh, that. The Big Ten was way ahead of the game on the integrity with gambling and that situation. Because I mean, it's just it's really easy, and I think all of these things that were shady. Um, are now all out there. I, I don't know. And they're they're not as shady as they were. But I think back like to the movie Blue Chips, right, with Shaquille O'Neal. Remember that? Nick Nolte. Yeah, Nick Nolte. And you you know you you kind of looked at what was going on there, and you were like, oh, now none of that would be any problem because everything would be above the table. You know, a lot it's, of those just, issues are all out now, and it's just I, I'm just I'm wondering that, where we're going with college athletics in general. Yeah. Do you like the way it is? It is now. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not, I don't I'm not mad I don't though. That's the thing that's weird is. I I don't. I think players. You know, if like the story he told about Scooney Penn, saying everyone in the world's wearing my jersey out there, right? Everybody can see mm-hmm. this, but um, doesn't have his name on it. Yeah, it doesn't have a name on the back of it. So it's like we're playing this mythical game where people want to buy pen jerseys, but they really. They're, they're fake pen jerseys, I guess, at that point. And here's – this is just being naive and hoping that it didn't go this way. If Scooney Penn's name's on a jersey, well, okay, there should be something in place that he could make some money off of that. Even if it was while he was in school that that money would go into a trust. Right, something like that. Or if he uh, wanted, That's the – I mean, it just seems if, to me if, like – If a local business wanted to have him out to sign autographs, you know, on a non-game day, and you give the kid – Here's the here's the stupid part. Five hundred bucks, you know, it, like you're right. actually making money and helping a business, and rather than you know, here's your twenty grand for coming out to sign autographs because we want you to play at Ohio State. The the innocent aspect of it makes perfect sense. What all it's become, Andy, is is big colleges buying players, and th- though that may have been done forever, just it just feels so wrong that that's what's happening now. You know, and and. 
maybe it's right for the players. Good for them. You know, okay, fine. I, it just, it, it is professional sports at the highest levels of college athletics. But hasn't it always been professional for the coaches? Without question. That's yeah. their job. They're no, not, but I mean, they're not like, on scholarship. And well, that, and their scholarship money is a lot of money. It's always been at the big schools. And, you know, like Rick had said about, you know, Holtman getting fired, that if you're at Ohio State, you yeah. have everything to your advantage as far as trying to have the best program and the best um, facilities. And I just, like, I remember, oh, I'm trying to think of was I, I just I remember walking into the Schottenstein Center. The Schottenstein Center was maybe a year or two old. And I'd then been talking to the hockey coach at the time, um, John Markle, and he goes, hey, I want to show you this. And I was like, okay, cool. So he takes me into their workout room, and it was the first time I had ever seen it that they had a treadmill for ice skates. I mean, Really? It, yeah. I mean, and, and so I've seen – I mean, there's wow. a couple still floating around. I, I see them every once in a while. But it's a treadmill that's on – this plastic that you can skate on, like an Astro Ice, and it looks like a uh, like a tank wheel, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, and so then it spins, and then you're hooked onto a harness, and then the other part of it is it's not like a regular treadmill. Like, they can change the angle. So you when they say skating uphill and you feel tired in the third period, you literally can skate uphill mm. on this treadmill. And I remember looking at this, and I'm like, man, how many of these are there in the world? And he was like, ah, there's only a couple. And Ohio State had one at the time. And, th- again, this isn't about football or basketball. Right. This is about an Olympic sport. We're talking about hockey. Right. And so all of these things were sitting out there, and that Ohio State, that the advantage of being you know, a, an athlete at Ohio State is you get and you have the ability to see uh, some of the greatest tools and, and have all the nutrition and have all that stuff in front of you. But if you're not going to win, man, you got big troubles. It just goes back to, and we've talked about this before. Every every seems like every year, salaries are released of coaches in in the state of Ohio. The, the salaries that some of the coaches make are ridiculous. You've made the point. Well, if somebody wants to donate to the program and you can pay the coach that much money and blah blah blah, well, you're right. And I I hate that. I don't hate that you're right. I hate that that's the case. You know what I mean? Just this, it it costs so much for some kids to go to college, and and you got these coaches making these astronomical figures, and, and not just in you know basketball and you know basketball you can you can understand they are producing revenue. Football you certainly understand they're producing revenue, but in the non-revenue producing sports, man, it seems it just seems wacky to me that these coaches are making some of the money they're making. Uh, well, I, and I also wonder about the future. And there, there was one more question I was going to talk to Rick about, and I was just, <coughs> excuse me, just the logistics of a new Big Ten conference with Washington and uh, and UCLA and USC and Oregon, and I just, I, I just, I wonder how all this is going to work. In football, it seems real easy schedule wise. I don't think it's that hard or that difficult to figure it out there. But I'm wondering about softball and volleyball and. Um, you know, other sports where there are multiple Big Ten teams and you're going to have to make these West Coast trips. And, you know, how often are those teams from the West Coast going to have to come? Like, I, you think about Washington playing Rutgers. I mean, are they really going to travel 
all the way to play one soccer game or to play two soccer games. So maybe you start traveling the men's and women's soccer team, or maybe you start making a weekend of it for fall, all the fall sports so that everybody hops on a plane once. You try to get all your teams on one plane and then get them you know, to one side of the country or another where all of a sudden now you – but cross country is in the fall too, so so you like you try to throw all your teams on one plane, try to make a weekend of it, and then come back on Sunday night. I don't know. You're out there on Thursday. I just the logistics of trying to you know do multiple sports, um, and some are not big revenue sports to be able to do the travel and do all the Big Ten, or maybe you start doing hub events where you take. Although it'd be interesting to see with like Nebraska volleyball if they'd want to do that where you would start hubbing sports and maybe you now have a weekend, like a place like Spire could handle multiple teams for a weekend, but then you don't have attendance and then you, you take away the opportunity. There's, I just, I just don't see how this is going to work. It's one thing when it's a treat, when you're going from one coast to another to play a game and, you know, you get it, but then the majority of your games are normally, you know, within the, the boundary of your, at least your own time zone. Mm-hmm. Now the future of it just seems real convoluted, but I want to see how it works out. I'm sure they're going to figure it out, and uh, they'll get her done. But I just wonder how it's going to take its toll on the athletes, coaches, academics, all of those things. You know, they still go to school for academics, too. I don't, I don't know if you caught that or not. Academics. Interesting. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about this and some of the big headlines from the day. We'll do that when we come back. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3, The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 